you have a relationship with diabetes, whether you like it or not, and whether you know it or not. And that relationship really matters in how you deal with diabetes and how stuck you may feel with diabetes. It has a big impact on your quality of life. By recognizing this relationship and looking to dig into it a little bit further to figure out how it's helping you and how it's hurting you can empower you to make changes so that you can live your life and interact with diabetes in a really healthy way. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Have you ever taken the time to think about what your relationship with type 1 diabetes actually looks like? If you haven't, don't worry. Most people haven't thought about this at all. But I really think your relationship with type 1 diabetes is at the root of how you're dealing with diabetes and how it's holding you back. Your relationship with diabetes can cause you to be more stressed. It can cause you to be more anxious. And it can really hold you back in your behavior in your life with diabetes. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk all about relationships with type 1 diabetes. And I'm going to give you some tools that you can use to help you define what your relationship with diabetes looks like right now, where it might need to go, and how you can make the changes you need to get there. Let's get started. Now, you may be saying to yourself, what do you mean? I never even realized that I had a relationship with diabetes. Well, you do. Everyone who lives with diabetes has a relationship with diabetes. Let me explain. A relationship is the way that two or more entities behave towards one another. You are one entity, and diabetes is another entity. You and diabetes are not the same thing. You live with diabetes, but you are not diabetes. And that's an important thing to note here. And because you and diabetes are two separate things, you can relate to one another in a dynamic way. So for example, you eat a cookie and diabetes responds by spiking your blood sugar. And then your blood sugar will come down, and so you take more insulin. And when it won't come down, you get angry at diabetes. As you can see, you and diabetes are relating to each other. And while diabetes relates to you primarily through your blood sugars, you relate to diabetes in a variety of ways, and you respond to diabetes emotionally. And this is a totally normal thing. The ways that you interact with and relate to diabetes are endless. And we can't talk about them all in this episode. But one piece of homework for you this week is to take a look at all of the ways that you relate to diabetes. All the things that diabetes does that make you angry, frustrated, upset, or burnt out. That's a great way to start thinking about and defining what your relationship with diabetes looks like. Not only what diabetes does, but also how you respond. When I think about my relationship with diabetes, I think about a roommate that I had back when I was in grad school. I know that many of you have had challenging roommates, and by far, this one was the most challenging roommate I have ever had. I honestly don't even remember why we didn't get along. But what I do remember is that this roommate was really hard to get along with, and he nitpicked me. So whenever I get something really small, like left a dish in the sink, he would yell at me. And pretty soon after I started living with him, I realized that he was going to be a pretty difficult person to be around. So what did I do? Whenever I came home from school and he was in the living room or in the kitchen, I would bolt straight to my bedroom and I wouldn't say hello and I wouldn't do anything. 
And I really wouldn't leave my bedroom unless I absolutely had to or I was on my way out the door. I really had no interest, no desire of spending any more time than necessary in his presence. So I did whatever I could to avoid him. And I'll be honest, trying to avoid him was challenging. And I took up a lot more headspace than I really wanted it to. But I thought that given what was happening at my house, that was what I had to do. And if you would have asked me at that time, I would have said, I have absolutely no relationship with this roommate. We don't talk, we don't communicate, and we just try to leave each other alone. Now, looking back on that situation, I realized that, in fact, we had a relationship. It was an extremely contentious relationship, but we definitely had a relationship. We were interacting with each other and responding to each other in some pretty dysfunctional ways. And so it's pretty obvious that this relationship was not a good one, but it was definitely a relationship. This relationship was trapping me in my room and making it really hard for me to live my life, especially my life while I was in my apartment. Everything that I did was predicated on what he was doing or where he was. And those weekends that he wasn't home were the most amazing weekends ever. But the times when he was home were really stressful and kept me stuck in my room. Not long before I moved out of the apartment, I realized that this was happening. And I said to myself, you know what, I can handle him or whatever he throws my way, but I don't want him to control me. And that's what was happening before. He was controlling me. Maybe not on purpose, but certainly I was letting him control me and my behavior. And so there were a couple times when I would come home and he would be there and I would go sit in the living room. And we didn't talk, but I was able to be there with him. And it was pretty uncomfortable, but I was able to be there with him and not allow him to control what I was doing, at least in my own mind. And I'm telling you this story because I think for a lot of you, your relationship with diabetes has the same thing to you that my relationship with this roommate did to me. It keeps you stuck and it makes it really hard for you to live your life because you think that diabetes is in charge and not you. Now, looking back, I realized that I have no way of controlling what my roommate did or how he treated me. But what I had control over is what I did in response and how I reacted to how he was treating me. And in the same way, you have no control over how diabetes makes you feel. You have no control over the diabetes side of the relationship. You have no control over what diabetes does. You have no control over how your blood sugars react. You may not even have control over how diabetes makes you feel. But what you do have control over in this relationship is how you respond and what you do in response to how diabetes makes you feel. You have complete control over your behavior in this relationship. Now, you may be saying to yourself, that's all nice and good, but I just don't really have much interest in having a relationship with diabetes. And that's a fair enough wish, but it's also not reality. Because you have diabetes, you have a relationship with diabetes, whether you want one or not, and whether you acknowledge it or not. So since you have this relationship, you might as well make the most of it and use it to your advantage. Use it to reduce your stress and to help you live a full life without letting diabetes get in your way. Now, it's really easy to try to compare your relationship with diabetes to other relationships in your life. And in some ways, like the one with my roommate, it can be a helpful comparison. But trying to compare relationships can also get a little dangerous. There are a couple key differences between your relationship with diabetes and other relationships in your life. And the big one is that diabetes isn't a person. The way you get to know another person in a relationship is you talk to them and you get to know them and you, you have a back and forth between you and the other person. 
And of course, when something isn't right in the relationship, you have the ability to talk to them and you have the ability to work it out. Your relationship with diabetes isn't quite that easy because you don't have the ability to communicate and negotiate with diabetes in a rational way. You can talk to diabetes all you want to, but unfortunately, usually diabetes won't talk back. And you can tell diabetes what you need, but diabetes doesn't usually listen very well. So in a lot of ways, your relationship with diabetes is one-sided. But that doesn't mean you don't have one. It means that it's just a more challenging relationship to navigate. Next, think about the relationships that you have in your life, especially your relationships with your friends. Most relationships, especially ones with friends, involve some degree of choice. You get to choose when you see the person, how you communicate with them, and how the relationship works in your life. Even in relationships you don't choose, like relationships with family or with coworkers, you still have some degree of choice. If things aren't going well or you need a break, you have the ability to step away and not engage in the relationship in the same way all the time. But your relationship with diabetes is different. First of all, you didn't choose to have this relationship, and it's not one that you can choose to stop having. Also, it's really not possible to take a break from interacting with diabetes. You may try, you may try to ignore it, but in the end, diabetes is always there with you, and you can't separate yourself from it. You can try to ignore it, you can try to not think about it, but in a lot of ways, that's like pretending to step away and to not be part of it and to take a break. But in reality, diabetes is with you all the time. And as much as you may try, your relationship with diabetes doesn't really allow for any breaks. And finally, your relationship with diabetes is one that you can't end. You can't just decide to break up with diabetes or stop being friends with it. With most other relationships in your life, you have the ability to end them if they become unhealthy. You can break up with a significant other, you can end a friendship, or you can leave a job, or you can move out of your apartment if your roommate isn't working out for you. And even if you can't end the relationship completely, like a relationship with a family member, you can certainly find ways to put distance between you and the other person. That's just not true with diabetes. It's not possible to end your relationship with diabetes or break up with it. And if you try to ignore it or pretend like you're going to end your relationship with diabetes, it usually ends up with some pretty ugly consequences. So I think you can see that it's really possible for a relationship with diabetes to get really complicated really fast. There's one other thing I want to mention real quick before we move on, and that's what a relationship with diabetes doesn't mean. A relationship with diabetes doesn't mean you have to like diabetes. It doesn't mean you have to get along with diabetes or that you have to want it to be in your life. As you can see, you have a relationship with diabetes no matter how you respond to it or what you think of it. But the good news here is that you have the ability to shape the relationship in the way that you want to. That's not to say that you're gonna like it or that you're gonna want it, but you can certainly find ways to live well with diabetes, even if it's annoying. And if we're honest with each other, we know that diabetes is going to be annoying sometimes or a lot of the time. I hope your wheels have started turning a little bit and thinking about what your relationship with diabetes looks like right now. And to help you along even more, I want to talk about some of the most common patterns that people have in their relationship with diabetes. Once you're able to see yourself in some of these patterns, it makes it a whole lot easier for you to see how healthy or unhealthy your current relationship is and gives you some tangible ways that you can work to change your relationship to become much more healthy. Because a healthy relationship with diabetes helps you to live well with diabetes, to not let the stress of diabetes get in your way, 
so that you're able to manage diabetes and allow it to be there, but not let it bother you and not let it stop you from doing anything in your life. So let's take a look at these patterns. As we look at these patterns, you'll notice that they're on a continuum, with one end of the continuum being the healthy side and the other end being the unhealthy side. Now, it's very rare that anybody falls into either the completely healthy side or completely unhealthy side. You'll more likely see yourself somewhere in the middle, but we want to keep you on the healthy side of the middle as opposed to the unhealthy side. So let's get started. The first pattern I want to look at is rigid versus flexible. People who have a rigid relationship with diabetes see their world as being very small. You know, life is filled with things that they think they can't do because of diabetes, and it's full of rules about diabetes and what that means about them. And, and people with a rigid relationship with diabetes feel like they have to follow those rules. They feel very trapped by diabetes because they feel that if they don't follow the rules, that they're doing something wrong and things are going to go in a really negative direction. People who have a rigid relationship with diabetes have a hard time dealing with the unexpected, and they feel like they have to be prepared all the time for every possible outcome. And this rigid relationship leads them to believe that they won't be able to handle situations that are out of the ordinary, and they have to be prepared for every possible situation that might arise. On the opposite end of the continuum is a flexible relationship with diabetes. People who have a flexible relationship with their diabetes feel like they can adapt and they can deal with whatever diabetes throws their way. They know that there are some things they need to do to manage their diabetes, and they know that if they don't do those things, then their blood sugars may be a little bit wacky or they may not feel great, but they're able to adapt and make choices around those issues as opposed to having to follow a rigid set of rules. Also, people who have a flexible relationship with diabetes recognize that diabetes is stressful sometimes, and they recognize that that's a normal part of the process of living with diabetes. But they also know the stress doesn't have to get in their way, that they can manage the stress, and that they have the flexibility to navigate around it and do what they need to do, even if they are feeling stressed out. People with a flexible relationship with diabetes don't see diabetes as something that defines them. They recognize that diabetes is something they live with, but it doesn't mean that they are diabetes. And they're able to see themselves as more than a person living with diabetes. They're able to see themselves as a student or an employee or a mother or a father. They're much bigger than diabetes, as opposed to having to fall into a rigid definition of, of what a person with diabetes is and looks like. To sum it up, People with a rigid relationship with diabetes relate to diabetes in a way that's very rule-bound and very confining. And diabetes is really in control because they have to follow the rules. People with a flexible relationship with diabetes see diabetes as something that's there and part of their life, but not something that needs to control them. And they have the flexibility to maneuver around diabetes as opposed to having to follow its rules all the time. The second relationship continuum with diabetes I want to look at is resentful versus accepting. People who have a resentful relationship with diabetes always have a chip on their shoulder because of diabetes. And they spend a lot of time thinking about diabetes, and diabetes really holds them back and burdens them down. Diabetes holds them back and has a big burden on their shoulders. When diabetes gets challenging, their dislike for it intensifies, and they have a really hard time dealing with it. They resent diabetes, and that resentment just fuels the fire of the challenges they're having with diabetes. People with a resentful relationship with diabetes see diabetes as being unfair, and that really holds them back. And of course, if you see diabetes being unfair, you're going to get mad at it, and you're going to be resentful towards it. And that just makes total sense. 
but it also really impacts not only you, but, but everybody around you. People who have a resentful relationship with diabetes tend to be pretty obvious to the people around them. And people around them see them as being bitter and overwhelmed and having a really hard time dealing with things, both diabetes, but also other areas of their life. On the opposite end of the spectrum from resentful is an accepting relationship with diabetes. If you have an accepting relationship with diabetes, you take the challenges as they come and you recognize that, yeah, sometimes diabetes is going to be challenging and you accept that. You don't get overwhelmed by it. You're not bitter about it. You recognize that this is how life is. You may have gotten dealt a bad set of cards, but it is what it is and you have to accept it. And when someone's able to accept the fact that they have diabetes and they're they're able to relate to diabetes in an accepting way as opposed to resentful way, it makes it easier for them to be free and flexible because they're not fighting with it. They're not preoccupied by it, but they're able to accept the fact that, yeah, it's not very much fun sometimes, but they also know it doesn't have to stop them from doing what they want to do in their lives. And by accepting diabetes, it no longer gets in your way. The third type of relationship on the continuum is avoidant versus engaged. Someone who has an avoidant relationship with diabetes does everything they can to not have to interact with diabetes. They don't check their blood sugar. They don't take insulin. They try not to think about diabetes and they hide it from everybody in their life. They think that the best way to deal with and interact with diabetes is to avoid it. And this is actually very similar to how I dealt with my roommate back when I was in grad school. I did everything I could to avoid him and not deal with him. And that made sense on paper, but in the reality, it made my life very, very small. People who have an avoidant relationship with diabetes think diabetes is a lot of trouble. And the best way to deal with the stress of diabetes is just to ignore it, not to deal with it at all. And they go to great lengths to try to hide diabetes from people in their lives. If you never tried this, it actually takes a lot of effort to do. But also avoiding diabetes cuts off your ability to get support. Because if you're doing everything you can to avoid diabetes, then no one around you knows that you need support. Or if they do need support, you're going to push them away because all you want to do is avoid anything diabetes related. But we all know that having support is one of the most important parts of living well with diabetes. On the other end of the spectrum is having an engaged relationship with diabetes. Now, engage doesn't mean that you want to love diabetes or that you have to really interact with it or that you have to think about it every single minute of the day. But what it does mean is that you do what you have to do to take care of it. And you recognize that that's going to be some work. But you also know that putting in the work to manage your diabetes is much better than the alternative. And it's actually the key to helping you not have to think about diabetes all the time. When you're engaged with your diabetes, you manage it well. And then that takes a big burden off, which allows you to focus on things that are important to you. People who are engaged with their diabetes are open about it. They actively seek out support and they manage diabetes wherever they are. It doesn't really bother them to do it in public. By doing this, they open themselves up for support and they're able to manage their diabetes and also live their life. And they're able to be engaged in their diabetes management as well as in the rest of their life. It's a win-win for them. The final relationship pattern continuum that I want to talk about is timid versus confident. People who have a timid relationship with their diabetes feel like diabetes is full of landmines and they feel like they have to be walking on eggshells all the time around diabetes, like they're going to be hurt and diabetes is scary. They're always on guard around their diabetes and they feel like nothing that they do is going to be safe. To put it simply, people with a timid relationship with diabetes live in fear. 
both a fear of diabetes and also a fear they won't be able to keep themselves safe. Their fear traps them and makes it really difficult for them to do things in their life because they're always thinking about how is diabetes going to hurt me and how could diabetes be a landmine for me right now. On the other hand, people with a confident relationship with diabetes feel like they can handle anything that diabetes throws their way. They recognize where they have control and where they don't have control, but they're confident that even when they don't have control, they're still going to be okay because they can take care of themselves. They have confidence in their abilities, and diabetes is no match for those abilities. People with a confident relationship with diabetes have freedom and flexibility in their lives because diabetes and the fear of diabetes just doesn't get in their way. Before we wrap up here, I want to give you a short recap of what we talked about today. You have a relationship with diabetes, whether you like it or not, and whether you know it or not. And that relationship really matters in how you deal with diabetes and how stuck you may feel with diabetes. It has a big impact on your quality of life. By recognizing this relationship and looking to dig into it a little bit further to figure out how it's helping you and how it's hurting you can empower you to make changes so that you can live your life and interact with diabetes in a really healthy way. The first step is looking to see what your relationship with diabetes actually looks like. And I talked about four different patterns of relationships with diabetes that I see most often in my work. Each of these patterns exists on a continuum from unhealthy to healthy. And today we talked about rigid versus flexible, resentful versus accepting, avoidant versus engaged, and timid versus confident. And as we looked at these relationship patterns, my guess is that you saw some areas where you could improve your relationship with diabetes. Now, if you've been listening to this episode and you recognize that your relationship with diabetes is not where you want to be and that your relationship with diabetes may be keeping you stuck, you may be wondering what can you do to change your relationship with diabetes and help you get unstuck. And if that's a question you're asking yourself, I have an answer for you. One week from today, on April 22nd, I am launching my program, Get Unstuck with Type 1 Diabetes. This program is going to be your step-by-step guide to moving from feeling stuck by diabetes to being unstuck and being able to live your life in a full and flexible way, even with diabetes, along for the ride. I will be giving you a roadmap and step-by-step instructions about how to get there. Using the same techniques and the same skills I have been giving people I've been working with over the past 10 years. And as a listener to my podcast, I want to make sure that you have exclusive access to this program. If you want to learn more, go to thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash get unstuck to sign up for my email list. And you'll be the first to know how to access the program and get exclusive access to special offers before it's available to the general public. So again, to sign up for the email list, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash get unstuck. I really can't wait for you to experience this program. It's going to be transformational for you in your life with diabetes. I promise. I really want to thank you all for your ratings and reviews of this podcast. It's really helped this podcast grow over the past six months and reach more and more people with type 1 diabetes. If you haven't had a chance yet, I would really appreciate it if you would take a minute and rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me get the word out about this podcast so many more people with type 1 diabetes can benefit from it. And of course, I always love hearing from you, my listeners. It really makes me happy to hear your comments and your feedback about this podcast. So please feel free to reach out. My email address is mark at thediabetespsychologist.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. 
That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Please be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. And until then, remember, type 1 diabetes isn't easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.